Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. One test down, two to go and the Lions are one up and the Scots are certainly still heavily involved. It's David, Matt and Alan back to uh, break down all the goings on from the first test and also the uh, squad for the second test has just been announced. So we're going to be talking about all the changes there with particular reference to the impact on the Scottish players. Matt, how are you doing, fella? Yeah, all good, man. Just uh, kind of saw the team announced today and just wanted to come on, on Saturday, like right away. So super excited for it again. Because um, I think that we've got a pretty good chance of making it 2-0. And Alan, how are you feeling about it all? Yeah, good. I sort of, I don't know how you guys felt. I felt a, bit, a little bit deflated in like the first half. I felt like there was just so much build up and it was actually quite a crap half of rugby i think if you remove like the whole context and the teams like and actually look at it objectively i actually thought it was a really poor half of rugby but um you know look lines winning and then i know he, he didn't play sort of a massive role especially in attack but obviously when hog just booted it out such a great moment ah so so good and we'll get right into the analysis in a sec but just a quick reminder of where you can keep up with us. That's on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. And critically, our newsletter on Substack, that's the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast newsletter on Substack. Check it out on Google or on our social media channels. And a quick word also for our sponsors, the guys over at Rob Mack, um, who are following the Lions every step of the way, massive rugby fans. They specialize in uh, mortgage management, financial planning, and investments. So if you need any of that, 
um, type of good stuff. You can check them out at robmac.co.uk. So thanks very much to the guys over there. So Alan and Matt, seems we're just getting hastily together in our uh, lunch break, our level of planning has gone down from sort of 10 minutes, usually pre-episode, to about two. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out the team for the second test, and then we can talk about that and also how um, players perform in the first. There's been a couple of changes. Stuart Hogg maintains his position at fullback. Um, Anthony Watson Chris Harris comes in at outside centre for Elliot Daly, partnering Robbie Henshaw in the uh, centre. Duhan van der Merwe on the other wing. Um, Connor Murray comes in for Ali Price at nine, partnering Dan Bigger, who retains the 10 jersey. Front row, Mako Vunapola comes in for Rory Sutherland, uh, partnering Luke Cowan-Dickey and Tag Furlong up front. Mara Toji and Alan Wynne-Jones, an unchanged second row and a back row, also unchanged. Courtney Laws, Tom Curry, and Jack Conan, Ken Owens, Roy Sutherland, Kyle Sinclair, Tagburn, uh, Tulupe Falto, Ali Price, Owen Farrell, and Elliot Daly on the bench. Matt, when that went live about a couple of hours ago, what were your initial thoughts? I think my initial thoughts were pretty delighted that Hogg has retained his position. Uh, there seemed to be a bit of chat, a bit of a campaign that for Liam Williams to, to come in, um, supposedly for his sort of high ball skills. And, and also I was pretty delighted that Duhan retained his place. Um, just I think he actually had a really sort of underrated performance last week and hopefully there's an opportunity to get him a bit more uh, ball in hand. I sort of, I think that's countered by, I thought that Sutherland would start with, with Wynne Jones uh, injured. And also I thought that Price had a really good game last week and I don't, I, I wasn't massively surprised to see Murray in, but I still think is it is it a little bit harsh, um, and then Watson obviously dropping out once again. It just seems like he didn't really manage to get himself into that first test, and I, I wonder if he is slightly paying the the price for that. Should have been yellow card, although I kind of think that's a bit harsh. So so mixed, but but obviously also Harris coming in as well. Overall, I don't think we can really complain as as Scottish line fans. Alan, collectively as a group, and I think we've been leading the charge online, uh, particularly against Irish pundits. Um, we all thought that Ali Price did a pretty decent job uh, on the weekend. He's obviously lost his, his slot to Conor Murray. Uh, how do you think that can be interpreted? I mean, I think it's quite... Ultimately, Price didn't really have any of the opportunities to kind of do what I think the broader media sees as his kind of like key qualities. I think... But I think we've talked about it a lot in the pod, especially the last two years. And I think actually those areas that Price did perform well at the weekend, whether it's box kick, just box kicking or sort of general, just sort of marshalling of the team. He's actually performed really well for the last two years and done it in a lot of kind of high pressure environments. I guess, however, though, if they've, if Gatlin feels like the game is going to be of a similar nature to the game last week where there isn't going to be those opportunities for sniping or at least not going to be those opportunities in the first sort of, you know, 50 to 60 minutes, then I can see how you logically get to the point where you decide a to switch Murray in for um, price given their kind of respective skills, but then also how you end up with Harris coming in for daily. Sorry, Matt, were you going to dive in on that? No, no, I, I completely agree. I think it's, um, as Alan said, there were a few pundits who said uh, who seemed to comment on the fact that Ali Price hadn't made any breaks, but 
I don't think anyone really made a break particularly in that first 50 or 60 minutes um, and the ball didn't really see much airtime. I think Elliot Daly passed the ball one time. Anthony Watson had about one carry. So I, I just think it is still a little bit harsh that he seems to have been um, you know, singled out for that. And as Alan said, like the, I think the way he adapted his game, I think his box kicking made by like one were absolutely, all absolutely on the money from the start. Um, and actually, I, I generally thought, although Faf Kirk had a good game, I thought that Ali Price matched him totally. I think particularly in that opening period of the second half where the Lions really began to sort of assert their dominance in the air and around the park. I mean, I thought Price's box kicking was like super on the money in that sort of like 15 minutes of the second half. Um, I mean, one of them led to that sort of knock on, which led to a penalty, which led to the, you know, the liner, the try. You know, it's a, a butterfly effect that starts with Ali Price's left boot. Um, but yeah, I can kind of, I can kind of see where they're going. I suppose I just, um, I was getting a little bit frustrated. I think Rugby Union Weekly in particular, they essentially opened their episode by talking about how good Conor Murray was for the last like 12 minutes. And it just really pissed me off. Um, it wasn't even that, he wasn't even that good. He had like yeah, a well, few what okay box about, yeah. kicks and that was it. But I guess it's just that he does. I mean, Conor Murray is a very good player and he does have an awful lot of credit in the bank. So, you know, I can see. I understand it from a strategic standpoint as to why they're doing that. And I think we can gnash our teeth and put out rods for Irish commentators as much as we want. But it kind of is the reality of the Lions at this super high level. And Scotland players have to, I guess, and Scotland fans have to get used to that. <laughs> that, you know, these calls are, are very, very tight. Um, I think yeah. I think as well, it's, it's, you know, last week we were saying that He's got Gatlin got a selection spot on, and we we're probably viewing that through slightly, you know, tartan tinted spectacles. But in the same vein, you can't suddenly say that he's um, made the wrong picks this week, and he might, you know, he's done them deliberately with strategic purpose in mind. So I don't think you can kind of complain too much. How, Alan, how impressed have you been with um, the impact Duhan has sort of had on this Lions tour and, and within the test at the weekend? I think he did have a couple of sort of shaky moments in the match, but I think overall you can just clearly see that you know, he's he's working hard to get on the ball and actually, you know, specifically for a couple of those Alley Price box kicks, was just you know, whether it was by design or just kind of the situation, but they were sort of dropping about, you know, a second before Duhan sort of got to the man and he was really sort of coming in and sort of clearing smashing the guy so so hard. Um so no, I think again you know, taking off sort of the the Scottish lens, I can see the argument for having Liam Williams and or a Josh Adam because whilst I do think Duhan did well under the high ball and has done well under the high ball, I, I think it's hard to argue that they're not better in that role, right? Um, but again, you know, ultimately he 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 probably a wasn't able to kind of show his strengths and areas where people think he has weakness he didn't really show any weakness. So I think it's kind of fair that he's able to kind of step up and get another chance, you know, the Saturday and hopefully gets a little bit more ball in hand with a bit more space. I enjoyed the physical you, confrontation you, of Duhan and um, Ebenet's bet. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, he kind of, he did like kind of go sideways, but he did also hand off Ebenet's bet twice. Still counts. Yeah. Did you see, did you see <laughs> I mean, the, the camera 
I must have been for about a third of the South African national anthem. Focus yeah. the camera straight on Duhan. <laughs> I just like check to see if his lips were moving. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to like, catch him. I kind of get, I, I get the sense that he would barely have noticed it, or like it wouldn't have affected him at all. No, I yeah, I don't get the impression that he's you know the sort of guy that gets particularly riled up. I think he has a bit of sort of the thin jeans in him where I think he, he can quite easily brush kind of that sort of stuff off. His, um, his hit on Quagga Smith off one of Price's box kicks was absolutely brutal. Yeah. So good. He's just an unbelievable sort of physical specimen. I think that the way they used him was really interesting. That's sort of pretty much the first play of the game when they banged up that um, the box kick into the 22 and had him sort of running over the top of Colby. And it almost um, it almost came good for sort of a, a little bit of a knock-on. I think he, he does have a very unique way in which he's being asked to play these games within this system. And just by being that sort of physical specimen, such as he is, he adds a huge amount of value. How much uh, must be absolutely shitting yourself if you've got a high ball? And you can see Doohan running full pelt at you. Must be one of the worst things in the world. And, and Quagga Smith to number eight, right? Like, you've got I'd just be considering, considering the Chandrapal-esque leave. Just like, I'm leaving that. That's not for me. <laughs> like, let it go through. It'd <laughs> be too, too bad. So we've talked about, um, obviously, the impact of Price and, and, and Doohan there. Um, let's cover off Hoggy before we, we talk about what Harris is going to bring coming into this side. I mean, huge amounts of sort of scrutiny on Hogg pre-game and post-game, but I think his sort of core competencies throughout sort of stood up to scrutiny, decent under the high ball, very well organised in the fans. And, um, and yeah, he seemed to, he's obviously been rewarded by being kept on for this weekend. Um, Matt, were you impressed with sort of Hoggy's I guess his first line start. Yeah, I thought he looked pretty accomplished. I think there was... Sorry, I keep, we keep focusing on the negatives, so I'll just kind of... Or starting on the negatives, so I'll just start with the positives that I thought his his kicking from hand was really good. Um, I think it's easy to forget that out of pretty much all the back three options that uh, the Lions have, including the guys who weren't playing at the weekend, Hogg is the best kicker by far. Uh, and he's getting some really good distance on, on his punts. Um... There was, there was a nice little moment where he collected a faff box kick, sent it back down, and then took a really good uh, high ball uh, under a lot of pressure from Colby. Um, and I, th- I think from, from that point onwards, he, he just looked pretty pretty settled. Uh, you know, as we've talked about, it wasn't the kind of game where he was going to show his uh, ability and attack, but he did have a couple of nice runs. At one point, he left um, Peter Steph the toy for dead on a little return. Um, and I, th- I think he dropped maybe one high ball, um, but that was it really. So I think overall he'll be pretty pleased. And I'm just I'm just happy that he's got another chance. Um, and you know what he's like. Maybe that'll just give him like a bit more confidence, uh, settle him into the role, and he can maybe show a bit more of what he's about this weekend. Do you think we will see, Alan? Do you think we'll see a slightly more open game this week, or do you think it is just going to be a repeat of box kick fast um, test one? Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Well, seeing, I saw the, the South African team, they've switched, what, the two props out, so they've put Malbec and Kits off in, and they've changed. Old Malbec. Old Malbec. <laughs> Old Malbec. Malher. Malher, and they put Visa in for um, Quagga Smith at eight. So I I generally think that Safa might even revert, Safa's might revert even more to type and just have spent probably the last week just fuming about, you know, not so much in the first half, but in the second half, I think probably the Lions pack had the had the upper hand, and I think they might really look to even make it more of an arm wrestle. So I Ugh. I hope I hope Hog gets the chance to to open up, but I think outside of probably a few sort of ad hoc moments, such as like the Peter Steph to toy um, moment from last weekend, I actually don't think there's going to be many sort of clean breaks. And with that in mind, um, obviously he's not involved in the front eight, but. How do you see Chris Harris, Matt, um, sort of complementing that side or adding to what Elliot Daly was trying to do um, at the weekend? Yeah, I, th- I think Daly's had quite a little stick post the match, but I kind of feel a bit sorry for him because I just don't think he was used properly. I think right from the start, the, the ball he was given um, that Am absolutely smashed him for just, I, I, I don't know, it was a bit of a hostile pass. I felt from that point onwards, he wasn't really put in any space, which presumably is what he was there for. And, and the fact that he only managed to, as I said, pass the ball once just, just shows that they weren't able to use him in those outside channels because um, he is a good distributor. But and I think he maybe from that point onward tried to force things a bit and gave away a few penalties. So I think Harris is there mainly for his defensive abilities. Um, but I think he's shown on this tour as well that when he carries, he, he is a big lump um, and he's just going to carry hard and, and straight. Um, and I think that It'd be interesting because in that South Africa A game, I think that he played kind of equaled Am in that match. So it'd be interesting to see if he can um, reproduce that against against South Africa. But yeah, I think it, it speaks to, as Alan said, like a, a bit more of a nutritional mindset at the start, at least, because I think that they're um, anticipating the South Africa coming out of the blocks and trying to just physically dominate the game. So having someone with a bit more of a defensive presence is, is a way of countering that, I suppose. Do you think Harris is going to be having nightmares of Chess and Colby on the Friday? Yeah, just like by him in the air game. Praying well, there isn't if, a one-on-one. I mean, if, if South Africa decide to pass the ball to Colby, maybe, and you keep, you keep the ball, but then you keep the ball away from him in terms of your kicks. It seemed like every South Africa attack, particularly after they went behind, was give the ball to Damien Allende and he will run with his head down. Like they were pretty limited. And I get that South Africa, right? But 
actually, the, if you look at the tries they scored, they or try they scored in the one that was disallowed um, in the first half, it was from attacking the outside channel. Yeah, absolutely. And just to, to finish up on the on the Scots' involvement um, before we sort of look ahead to the game as the as the whole, um, Rory Sutherland sort of relegated to the to the bench. I mean, I think again we had sort of conversations off air. We all thought that he had he had had he had a pretty good stab at it and had, and had done well and held his head up high. Are you surprised to see him drop? Out of the starting fifteen, or do you think that's just a, a reflection of the performance that that Mako put in when he came on in the in the second half, Matt? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because I think that the the fabled South Africa bomb squad they, when they came on that front row set replacements actually were far weaker than the guys they replaced. So I think that Mako did a very good job, but it seemed as if Malherb was off the pace, unfit. I'm not quite sure. So. I, I don't know if he was, um, if his performance looked a bit better than it was. And then uh, conversely, Sutherland, who I think did well enough, but maybe conceded, I conceded a penalty for hinging, which they showed a replay of it. And <laughs> I, I don't understand how they gave that. It seemed like both players were hinging, but I think he did. Maybe the perception is that he struggled a little bit against that, that stronger South African front row. Um, so I kind of get it. I mean, I think that, the the only other thing I'd say is Mako seems to have a lot more utility as an impact player because of his skills in the loose. Whereas I can't really think of a time that Sutherland sort of come off as that bench option. Um, and it'll be interesting to see because Bunapola sure had a good game, but his scrummaging has been under question for a long time. And if Malherb's, you know, got a bit of game time under his belt and got a bit between the teeth, then we might see Sutherland a bit earlier than we than we might have thought. Yeah, and obviously the final point on the on the bench, Hamish Watson, after a sort of 25-minute cameo, um, sort of much discussed, of course, of the potential yellow card incident, has dropped out of the squad altogether. Um, Toby Falatar coming onto the bench as sort of that second back row option with Tag Burn. Alan, do you think he's been hard done by? Um, I think when he came on, he had sort of an, an okay game. He's obviously, he had the issue with the tackle, which I, I have to admit, I actually thought was probably a yellow card. Um, and you know, he 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 probably wasn't making the same sort of kind of go forward with these runs as he as he normally does, and, and he was sort of putting in kind of a shift in defence. But I think even when Watson was initially announced on the bench, I have to admit, I was quite surprised because. Ultimately, with with Tagburn covering, I guess, and I appreciate you got laws at six, but with Burnley covering the second row, it feels like Falatau potentially gives you a a little bit more like options in that pack, and then potentially again has maybe a bit more of an impact in those kind of later stages of a game when things are sort of opening up. His ability to sort of kind of operate between sort of thirteen and the wing feels like it's like pretty highly viable. So, I I. Wasn't that surprised? Although annoyingly, there was the the rumor from that sort of um, clickbait rugby website was it Ruck that said that Watson was going to be starting. That got us all super excited about ten minutes before the announcement. Um, yeah, that was but like yeah, peak clickbait because you had to like go to like <laughs> four different pages to get like the whole um, the whole team. I know, I know. That was just like pop up ads. Here we go. 
uh, surname. But I, I, I've got. I, I don't have that big an issue. I, I still feel like once Watson's not starting, and I sort of, I think I feel this is probably relatively similar with Hogg as well. You know, if they're not starting, it feels like it's a difficult case to argue for them to be on the bench. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's the sort of the Scottish involvement and a bit of a discussion on that. I mean. All that's really left to talk about, I suppose, is look ahead to Saturday. Matt, how do you think it's going to go? Do you think the Lions can go two up? I think they, I think they can. Um, I think that they'll, they'll have a lot of confidence from last week. Um, and I, I actually think that those changes are, in, on the whole, that Gavin's made pretty sensible because, as we talked about, I think that Snafford are going to come absolutely firing out of the blocks. And in that situation, you want probably your most physical, defensive-minded and experienced guys to, to soak that up. And then hopefully, I think still the Lions' fitness is superior. So hopefully after that point, um, things can start to open up a bit and you can have the likes of, of Price and maybe even Elliot Daly coming on and uh, Ty Byrne and, and Falata as well in those, in those wider channels that I'm saying. Um, so, look, it's going to be absolutely brutal. Like, I think it'll be a lot more... Last week was physical, but I think the whole game will be a lot more intense. But I, I think the Lions can definitely do it. And Alan, you feeling, feeling confident about it? I think South Africa's win by five. I think uh, we might see a sort of similar sort of vibe to, to last week, but with South Africa not as easily re- relinquishing their lead. That's kind of where I'm at as well. I think it's going to set up an absolute humdinger third test, which I suppose would probably limit the chances of us ever seeing Finn Russell on this tour. It feels like the only chance we might get to see him is if the Lions do win in two, and then the third is a bit of a free hit. Yeah, yeah, no. Although I guess I mean I see there's people kind of questioning whether Bigger's going to make it to to this match because he must be still going through sort of HIA protocols. Um, but yeah. it feels it feels like I don't know I, I, I don't know whether they would have announced it if there was a risk that he wouldn't he wasn't going to start or if they didn't think he was going to start I guess. Yeah, I suppose it's maybe on the assumption. I, I read somewhere that he's not returning to training until Thursday, so I guess he's basically coming back for a session and then the captain's run. It's yeah, not great. And I, I do think I don't think he had a particularly great game, but bigger is just sort of kicking. And sort of control is just pretty good in those sort of arm wrestle matches. Yeah. I don't know what Finn would have been like on that game on Saturday. I I'm not it's, sure whether it would have been the game for him, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's hard to imagine him in that sort of um, scenario. Um, Alan, conscious you've got to you've got to shoot off. Are you are you good for a couple more minutes or the deals can wait? The deal. <laughs> <laughs> Money never sleeps. I thought that was your motto. Um, so we might as well cover off then while we're here. So that's just lines. But breaking news coming out of um, Edinburgh Rugby today. He says, whilst pulling up the press release in front of him, that they've signed two Argentinian players to bolster Mike Blair's squad for next uh, year. Emiliano Buffelli and Ramiro Moyeno, um, both sort of stalwarts of the Argentinian national side. Matt, you were saying off air, these are pretty pretty big signings for the Edinburgh side. 
yeah, I was I was quite surprised to to see them in a way, um, just because. I mean, maybe there is some budget freed up with with Duhan and Sao going now, but there hadn't been much movement on the signing front in the back three. Um, I've always really liked Buffelli. Like, I think he's a class attacking threat, proven at the highest level. Seems to always do well um, when he played at the Rugby Championship, um, and you know has sort of played some pretty high level teams in in Europe, um, and. Um, I don't know too much about the other signing, but I do remember uh, him scoring a really nice try against New Zealand in the Rugby Championship a couple of years ago. Um, so it's just nice to have some like pedigreed, experienced finishers to, to sort of complement particularly younger guys coming through like like Jack Blaine. Um, and I think that Buffelli in particular will be will be pushing for a start in that Edinburgh back three. Yeah, it's very interesting that the SRU strategy seems to now be has now turned from sort of Islander players to um, Argentinian ones, obviously with a couple of other Argentinians joining Glasgow. Alan, do you think this is a, a noted shift in strategy from uh, the boardroom of Murrayfield? Dodson is the equivalent of a vulture fund. He sees a distressed asset and he goes after it. And now the Jaguares aren't a thing. You know, ultimately, there's a lot of Argentinian players... <coughs> That are up for uh, that are probably up for um, a contract. So no, Dodson's Dodson's seen the opportunity; he's gone for it. And I think you know, to to what Matt said, I think hopefully not only should they bring a bit of experience, you know, specifically international experience with people like Buffelli. I think you know, hopefully with Blair coming in, we'll see a little bit of a different vibe with Edinburgh next year. Sort of hopefully slightly more attacking, and I think hopefully he should be able to complement. As you said, a lot of those players, both established like your Christine's, etc., but then also, you know, Jack Blaine's and whatnot, make it a little bit more exciting down at Mini Murrayfield. It is going to be very exciting to see Mini Murrayfield up and running for the first time when the season gets going. Right, that will do us for today. Obviously, second test, Lions versus the Springboks happening Sunday tea time. So we'll be back um, Saturday. in Saturday tea time. Sorry. So we will be back early next week to uh, break down all of that um, and look ahead to the third test, be it um, Finn's sort of uh, opportunity to chuck it around or a third rerun of sort of attritional rugby 3.0. We will find out. In the meantime, keep up with us on Twitter at ThistleRugbyPod, um, on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod, and sign up to the newsletter. We're going to get one out uh, this week. That's on Substack, Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Um, until then, we will speak to you very soon. Cheers. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.